Are you ready to be you? Let's go. Hello, BU Movement community. My name is Brooke Emery, your host, and I am so excited and thrilled to have the one and only Dr. B in the his house. He is my actual doctor of chiropractic and does my snap, crackle, and pop on my body. <laughs> so I'm so excited to have you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So I would love to start off with how did you become a chiropractor? Uh, well, uh, I'm third generation chiropractor. My grandfather started in 48, both my parents in 72, along with all my dad's family, cousins, brothers, sisters, everyone. And uh, my sister, cousins, and myself and my wife. I met her at chiropractic college, uh, graduated in 2007. Wow. So question, who out of all of those were your biggest influence? Uh, you know, I, um, I'd have to say my mom. I'd tell the most stories about my mom, how she taught me to uh, adjust her neck when my dad was out of town. And she taught me to adjust wrists after I had broken my wrists and spent an entire summer in a cast. And uh, so um, I, I, I had interest and she saw that and um, she was very mechanically orientated and um, she was a good teacher. Uh, so. So with your mom, she said she taught you how to crack your neck and your wrists. At what age? Um, well, she said I started to self-teach myself when I would uh, jump on my sister's back from the stairway, you know, <laughs> hands clasped in the perfect knife edge position to give a good adjustment. And um, although it probably wasn't corrective for my sister at the time, um, she formally started teaching me in sixth grade when my dad was out of town and she had terrible headaches. Later, we found out they were related to a cancer that she was involved in. And um, uh, although she survived the cancer, um, she had it, it, adjustments gave her great relief, instantaneous relief, which is often the case, um, which is nice. Uh, but um, so I was interested and uh, she asked my sisters as well if they were interested. One, which is a chiropractor currently. Um, however, they weren't interested at the time, but I was. So she showed me. She would have, she would lay down uh, on the adjusting table, which we had in my parents' bedroom. And she would put my fingers on her neck. And then she would move her neck and my hands with her hands and teach me what to feel. And then she would teach me what the correction was. She would let me adjust her. And so it, so it, it worked out really well. Um, actually, I didn't, I didn't really get the laying down adjustments very well. I was much better at the seated adjustments when I was younger. Um, now as um, a mm, aged chiropractor, <laughs> and I would say... <laughs> I would say I, I still prefer seated adjustments. I like what gravity does. People are more relaxed sometimes than, than a laying down adjustment. And 
And they all they all have their benefit actually. So that's good. So hearing, and I'm so happy your mom is better or got better from you know the cancer and you know that help that is such an incredible uh feature of, of chiropractic work. I would love to hear more about the benefits of chiropractic work. And I guess before that, start off with what exactly is chiropractic practice? Well, um, chiropractic has many different bias has two really primary philosophies. One is uh, driven through energetics and more of a religion like a belief process you know there is still uh, you're spreading energy you're influencing the body from whatever you want to call it god your greater power energy is flowing down inside the individual and it needs to flow freely through the person and 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 they intersect with that and and oftentimes that comes from a side of of religious based um, practice and there are some schools that are, are that have that focus type of religion wow. uh, excuse me um uh, that focus type of uh healing education and then there is the group that's purely science and if it's not proven through laboratory study it's not acceptable um and therefore is not allowed um, or is not preferred, I guess you might say, because it's it's all pretty much allowed to to some degree. And then you get the mixers, the people that have some uh, wisdom in between, so to speak, uh, whatever their personal beliefs are, or whatever their um, uh, energetic beliefs are, whether some of them, you know, some chiropractors are also acupuncturists or also we're massage therapists first, we're uh, Reiki practitioners. I mean, mm. the chiropractors come from quite a wide range uh, and sometimes pre-healing. So in that sense, um, there's quite a few different techniques and what those techniques are trying to accomplish are all just a little bit different. There are some specific techniques that you will never hear a person go click or pop. And that's good because there's the patient that if you make them go click or pop, they're so scared of that right. happening that they're probably not going to come back and, and may even tell you that as a patient at the beginning, say, if you make, if you make me make noise, I'm, I'm, I'm not coming back. I don't care how good I feel. I don't want it. I don't like it. No. Uh, so to each their own, there are those, those practitioners that do non-force techniques or do more breathing style energetic techniques. And, and then there are very physical old school um, chiropractors. Like I'm considered a diversified chiropractor. Um, I don't prescribe to any one particular technique. I use a little bit of everything. I'll use a wall. I'll use the ground. I'll use a chair. I'll use a table. I'll have you sit, stand. There's a myriad a ways to get to the solution is just figuring out what works best for you. Some people, if they have an arthrosis and, and they can't do a traditional side posture adjustment for one reason or another, there are alterations to that, or there are drop style table maneuvers or tool maneuvers that you can use like clicky guns and other things like that, that help to modify what you need to get done. And that's realistically energize the nervous system. You're trying to get enough input to direct 
um, an energetic state change, if you will. Got it. Um, and in this day and age, the science really says that the way things are happening is that we're affecting gap junctions in instantaneous communication from cell to cell, from part to part. And because of that flow, any interruption in that flow causes stagnation and depreciation or uh, separation uh, from the whole. And so obviously we need to all work together, uh, right? The, uh, the, the team idea, uh, better than the, the whole is better than the individual. And that goes for the cells as well. So when we reestablish those connections, neurologically, chemically, um, we're doing that with the adjustment. Um, secondarily, we're in, you know, we're influencing that neurological sensation, what you're feeling, both hearing, feeling that's all going right to the brain and being integrated at a, um, a cerebral level in the sense that, um, it's, it's being inputted, it's being processed, it's being modified. Um, and, and then a reaction in some format is occurring, even if you don't recognize it as a reaction. So all of those things are happening in, in milliseconds. Um, and so we're, we're trying to influence that channel, that flow so that the body is more connected and can do work better as a whole. Okay, so I just actually wrote down a few things because I was hearing I was hearing a lot. So when you say adjustment, most people think of let's get our physical body, like our parts of our body, whether that be our hips or our shoulders back in line, but actually it's also used for also or is used for your neurological function in order for it all to flow is that what you were saying yeah in mechanical function that you know the instantaneous gratification that most people feel with an adjustment um, is uh, a pressure release a localized pressure release a um, muscular tension reduction a um, a feeling of vascular flow or drainage depending on the mm. situation um and so the interesting thing is that chiropractic doesn't necessarily cure anything or one specific thing there's no such thing as a bone out of place um you know outside of a dislocation a, a true uh, medical subluxation right there's a chiropractic subluxation, which means there is some alignment and some dysfunction with the motion and the control of that motion um, under normal conditions, right? We should be able to let our head to go down and up and side to side and side to side. And, and all those motions should be coordinated in symmetrical. And when they're not, that's where chiropractic can really be beneficial. Now, the side note is that chiropractic helps uh, a ton of stuff. Um, when we adjust the thoracic spine in the neck, we affect asthma, we affect wow. thyroid issues, we affect headaches. Um, most people don't realize how much getting their upper back adjusted between your shoulders, you know, that area that's sensitive, that area projects uh, headache tension as well. Um, so in that sense, having that area adjusted too, not just your neck. And if you're afraid of your neck being adjusted, having your upper back adjusted first is a good place to start. 
feel some relief uh, from that and build some trust with your practitioner. And that's always a good, good thing to do. If you're not comfortable with your body, with the way it feels or the way it makes noises, um, <laughs> it makes a lot of noises, some people more than others. And you probably have some friends where they move around, they go crick, crack, crick, crack, crick, crack. And, yeah. <laughs> and you might've gone, oh my God, is that you? Is that her? And like, oh, I've been doing that since I was four. I go up the stairs and I, I can't sneak out of the house, you know, that because yeah. they make a bunch of noise. <laughs> That doesn't necessarily mean that they're under pain or that they have a significant dysfunction um, associated with that. So that association with noise sometimes depends on what activity is happening. You know, if you jump off of a high surface and something goes click and pop when you hit the ground and it hurts, you're probably going to associate that noise and pain and jump with a bad thing and expect that that injury happened when the noise occurred. Realistically, that noise can occur in your body for a multitude of reasons, but it's really just a change in pressure. And that change in pressure, when it happens very quickly, causes that noise, that popping noise to occur. That and a tendon rolling over a bone or something, that type of pressure change is... <laughs> Uh, it is is really what's occurring now. Um, in in the joint, the the joint capsule is closed. The fluid within is closed. It's not passing back and forth outside of osmotic pressure, giving nutrients and waste product in and out. There's no vessel going into a joint. There's no vein. There's no artery. There's no lymph. Right uh, outside of the femur, and that's why we're worried about a fracture with the femur. But the, that being said. Um, there's, there's no artery, no vein, no anything going in. So, um, mechanical pressure changes mm -hmm. creates an osmotic exchange of nutrients and waste product. Okay. So that's why motion breeds motion. And if you stop moving something and you brace it and you pause it, it might not move. And so the motion doesn't cause pain anymore, but it also doesn't create pressure change doesn't exchange nutrients, doesn't exchange waste product, and ultimately is destructive to the joint. So the sooner we can get that joint mobilized, get it moving again, get those pressures restabilized, the better it's going to be. So here's the deal. The inside the joint, the fluid inside the joint, it is not, it is a compressible fluid. Okay. Like when you step on the brake pad of your car, that right. is non-compressible fluid. You want every millimeter of pressure you put on that pad to be every millimeter of pressure that goes on the pad on the wheel, right? You want instantaneous exchange and, and, and no difference in between, no weakness, no, no fault, no variance, right? Fluid motion. Well, right, exactly. You want, you want it... Um, uh, you want an exact amount, right? So when you put five pounds of pressure, you get five pounds of pressure right. from the pad right to right to the pedal, uh, mm -hmm. or right to the uh, from the pedal to the pad. So, but it, in the body, it doesn't work that way. When you put pressure on a joint and you compress and you compress and you compress it, the fluid inside is compressible, which means there's a weak gas 
that can escape its liquid form and reside as a gas bubble inside the liquid. Understood. And that's the popping sound. Well, that's not the pop sound. That's the part that causes the problem. Because of that compression, Boyle's laws of gases tells us if we, if we compress a liquid, the weak gas will come out of solution. And when that happens, it acts like a piston. It stops, it blocks, and it causes dysfunction in the overall motion. So we need to decompress that space. Sometimes it's because there's torsion pressure. Uh -huh. Sometimes it's because there's actual axial pressure. It can be a combination of those things. It can be lateral tension pressure, right? If there's if you've ever hung with your leg off the side of the bed for a while and it's just hanging, hanging, gravity is fortunately laterally dragging and it feels uncomfortable and you got to pick it up and brace it in some fashion. That's what I'm speaking of. So that kind of compressibility is what the joint allows so it can go through all these differential motions. And that fluid is constantly being made and exchanged on a regular basis. So as part of the way we get nutrients in and we get that waste product out is by the building of that fluid. But the downside to that is that it has a weak gas and that gas can come out of solution, form a blockade and cause you all kinds of dysfunction. When that pressure is released, that bubble doesn't just disappear. It doesn't escape into the ether. It breaks down into a million different tiny bubbles and then it dissolves back into solution as it was meant to be so that it slides and glides and that everything floats and moves like it's supposed to because there's no blocker in between. Also, if you all are on the membership and you're not seeing him do all these motions, you need to because it's super helpful. So, get your <laughs> so you can join live and then ask questions. But enough of that promotion. So in order to break that gas bubble, is that the popping sound? Yeah, that's usually the that's pop sound. I, but you okay. have that bubble breaking into a million tiny bubbles and, and reassociating into the fluid. That's the noise. That's the big type of thing. Right. So you, you might have noticed, um, I've adjusted you before and you may, and I've asked you, do you feel that change? Because I'm feeling muscle tone change. I'm feeling your brain controlling that muscle differently, either not firing it or firing it more. Right. And I'm asking you about that. Most people are superficial. They're listening. Did they hear or feel the pop? Right. They didn't hear or feel the pop no change occurred. So bringing them back to, here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm looking for. I feel this. Now I feel this. Do you feel that change? That's part of my job too, is to integrate you into your body so that you understand what it feels like. Do you feel this tight muscle? This isn't normal. Do you feel this side? Feel this is relaxed. Now let's activate this. Does this, oh, that doesn't even activate. Okay, that's weak. This is doing all the work. Do you feel that? Yeah, this one turns right on. I barely touch it. It fires this side. You can poke it all day long. You can really, you have to help it. You got to get it to move itself, right? So it, it, there are different um, stages of that activity. And, and my job is to look for symmetry. I want symmetry in motion. I want symmetry in muscle tone. And I want symmetry and overall posture. 
And I'm looking at that from front to back, side to side, both from a standing position and a laying down position. And it's different in both of those. And it's different whether you're face up or you're face down because body weight changes and how gravity acts on the body changes significantly. So that's why sometimes we choose to adjust you in a laying down position or mm. we choose to adjust you in a seated position or a standing position, or we actually, we know you're a resistor and we need that resistance for a particular adjustment. And so we ask you to do something knowing that you're going to do this and hold your arm up for us. And <laughs> that means none of this will move and everything down here will move just as we need it to. So, um, you know, we, we try to, the, the art of it is using each person's personality to conduct the adjustment. Remember the adjustment is the change in neural tone, which equates to muscle tone, which equates to joint motion, which equates to vascular tone and lymphatic flow. Um, not to mention all the energetic changes and other organ changes, metabolic changes, chemical changes. It's, that's, the, that's the cool thing. That's, how, that's why chiropractic can, can influence so many different diseases um, it, it is because we, we influence tissues and structures and organ systems, um, as opposed to, uh, a thumb joint. Amazing. That was so helpful. That was the exact question that I wanted to ask, because for me, I find with my body, I find so much benefit in motion and just bodily feeling through chiropractic work versus for me personally, acupuncture work. So would you say that everybody is different or would you say that everyone should get chiropractic work? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to promote your own practice, but. <laughs> I, <laughs> okay, well, I wanted to chase Okay. So I was, uh, I coach middle school track right now. Now uh, uh -huh. I have a couple kids and they're in middle school right now. And we were at a meet yesterday and I wanted to chase a parent down because their kid was limping. They needed a stretch. There was an easy stretch they could do on their own. They probably needed to be adjusted because they're kid. They do kids. We do st stupid stuff as adults all the time. Kids do dumb stuff all the time and they don't have a clue, right? And they don't know how to communicate that either. And so all I really wanted to interact with that person, but I didn't want to ambulance chase them either. <laughs> um, but, you know, um, so I bite my tongue a lot of the time because I see the benefit that chiropractic can have in people. Um, but it's not, it, it's not a perfect art. The the artisanship or the, the true medicine of it is integrating it with other things. So for example, I like acupuncture, but for me, it takes me really four, six, eight treatments before I really get a significant change. That's a lot of investment for me. Um, and at my current mm -hmm. state in time, I can't make that investment. When I was a younger parent and my kids were young and they were being babysat or schooled or whatever in some fashion, I could afford that time. But right now I can't. I'm just too active and everything else. So acupuncture is not great for me. I like massage. I like being tortured. 
I like, uh, really, I don't Same. like Robbie Duffy, you know, education, therapeutic, sports, whatever you want to call it, myofascial release. Uh, in my office, we've always called it manual therapy because at the time I was doing auto accident insurance and that kind of stuff. And in, in massage is rubby dubby. It's, um, it's the weirdo thing that no one knows what you're really going to get versus manual therapy. You're getting someone to manually move you yeah. and produce and give you a therapy. It's beat you up. It's you come out sore. You need a couple of days. Um, we expect you to feel it, not, not, uh, be relaxed. I mean, you still have a massage brain because, you know, every time you hear click pop, every time you're uh, trying to fold in uh, or stop breathing for some reason when you're on the massage table and you're endorphins are being released like crazy and it helps you manage the pain, but it's a natural opiate and we get addicted to it too. So sometimes we choose these different therapies for um, our... <laughs> for our hormonal addiction associated with, you know, it chiropractically, we make a joke. We say we got the best crack in town because every time you get <laughs> right, a, a little opiate relief uh, occurs and you feel happy. And we tell you, look both ways as you're leaving the office, you know, don't just assume it's clear because it's like massage brain. You have this feeling of endorphins and relaxation and, and, and everything's turned on, but because everything's turned on, uh, you just feel great. And sometimes you are checked out. <laughs> so chiropractic is great for a multitude of things. There's certain things that it's not good for, um, but things that you might not think it's good for, like an arthrosis. Um, I had two knee replacements and a hip replacement. When it rains, it pours. Two hip replacements and a knee replacement that I wow. just physically adjusted yesterday. Not just that, the rest of the person as well, but the arthrosis as well. They need it too. They're not perfect. Secondarily, um, today was my old person day. I had a 98-year-old, a 95-year-old, and a 91-year-old, and a lady who's bragging about being 89 because next year she's not in their 80s anymore. Wow. Done, done with that club. So it's um, it's kind of fun to see those people still trucking, still trust their body mechanics and know when things aren't moving correctly. And, you know, if you get it time, mother nature will help you fix it in some fashion. You might be sitting on the toilet in the middle of the night, reaching for the toilet paper and your low back finally releases and goes click, pop, 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 pop. And you go, oh, finally. Well, you didn't have to wait for that. You could have gone to someone and let them out. Yeah. So, and not to say that's, that's necessarily a fix. Oftentimes the body is making noises all the time. And be, just because it made a noise. It does mean you got a decompression, but it doesn't mean the alignment is managed. And it doesn't mean whatever caused the alignment issue to occur, the imbalance, the gravity of the muscular pull, whatever it was that, that, that created it, that's what you need to get back to. So if you sit at your desk all day long like this, well, you need to exercise, exercise yourself back out of that position. So just learning some of those basics, you know, chiropractors can teach you with that stuff. We do know exercise or, or we've, we've been taught exercise. Well, let me put it that way. We've been taught exercise. We've been taught uh, nutrition. We've been taught all the diagnoses. Amazing. For, right. So in like, for example, in the state of Colorado and in most states in the U S we're considered primary care physicians. We can order blood labs. We can order imaging like MRI. 
most of us have x-ray in our office. I used to, I don't anymore because I don't, I don't manage that type of practice in that sense. So I rely on other people. There's a great chiropractor down the way. He's got a wonderful digital x-ray. He does x-rays for me. People bring the CD by. I evaluate it for him. So we can still utilize all those things. If you need a lab, I can send you for a lab. If I'm concerned about your kidneys and I'm adjusting an area that's associated with your kidneys where you're complaining of other urinary symptoms, this, that, and the other, then we'll Let's pull a lab. Yeah, we might do a dipstick test and find something that's off, but that's just a screening test. So then let's send you for a lab. Let's do something else. Um, my uh, aunt and uncle, um, they retired from manually adjusting people. Um, they're, they're from the old school where it was kind of uh, poundy poundy as far as um, if you don't move, it doesn't get better. And sometimes that's the case to a small degree, but um, for a lot of them are, are very heavy chiropractors. And so because of that, they had a lot of wrist and shoulder and elbow injuries um, associated with their practice. And so schools took that very seriously and they taught us how to um, use our body mechanics very wisely, use our tool, our body um, well. Uh, but there is still those avenues for my aunt and my uncle. They do hormone replacement therapy now. So they, they still understand all the medicine associated with body and how the body works. They still refer people that need true chiropractic work to local chiropractors around the area um, for whatever those necessities are because they don't provide that service. Instead, now they manage blood labs. They do genetic testing. They do um, all, all kinds of stuff. So um, chiropractic has quite an influence. Now, in, in the state of Colorado, you can't puncture the skin. Um, that means you can't draw blood as a chiropractor. That means you can't do prolotherapy. You can't mm. homeopathic injections. You can't, um, can't do anything that punctures the skin outside of <laughs> testing the skin for... <laughs> pain sensation but you're not supposed to make them bleed so there you go <laughs> oh no no you can test blood sugar that's the one time but they have to lance it themselves you know that type got of got it anyway, so but in different. the state of arizona they do stem cell replacement wow um, and one of my patients her son is a chiropractor down in arizona and he in down in phoenix and he has two clinics and they both do stem cell replacement um as as a separate part of their clinic like I have full laser therapy, right? Um, they have stem cell therapy. So, and they, and they can do injections, homeopathic injections, and, and they can do vitamin C infusions. And instead, I send people to a nurse practitioner or those, like if they need a vitamin C injection or they need uh, ozone therapy or something of that nature, right? As opposed to me doing those things. So it's, uh, your chiropractor really, we should be primary we should be associated with primary care um physicianing because we don't give pharmaceuticals most of us don't puncture the skin so you don't have to be worried about us or scared about us we're not going to stick a thermometer somewhere weird especially since covid <laughs> now we got them all over the place so it's right weird, right um but so chiropractors are very um, can be very gentle um, first line physicians. You know, we understand the mechanics. So if you tell me your back hurts, I'm not going to tell you to go take an Advil. I'm probably going to give you an exercise and a stretch. 
and maybe suggest so that doesn't work for you um, in using heat and ice and all your home therapies, then maybe you seek some additional help like a chiropractor, like someone who is educated in pure exercise, that'd be your physical therapist, mm -hmm. uh, like someone who is trained in medicine and some of the other modalities, that's your osteopathic practitioner, right? So there's, and chiropractors should be able to gauge those things and and, and not just go, I can do it, but I can help you get to the right person. And, and I might be able to help also or give you some kind of influence, but that, you know, there, there is a scope to our practice. There are limitations, significant limitations to what we do and how we do it. And that's good because it allows us to focus and what we focus on, we become very good at. Amazing. So, so helpful. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a full believer and promoter of using your body and nature around you to help heal you versus, you know, going to a doctor and taking regular doctor and taking Advil. And like you said, I, I just spoke to Dr. Robin, who, whom you know, as well, who is a naturopathic doctor and homeopath in the last podcast. And we talked about plant medicine. So this is everything I'm about and more, which is why another benefit of why I come to you. So one of the last questions I want to ask, well, actually two, if I can split this okay. is one, should a, a member come to you just for pain or should it be a ongoing practice for their lives and for their body? Because most people don't think, oh, I should go to a chiropractor, you know, every two weeks or once a month, whatever their doctor suggests, just to keep the body in motion. Some people are like, oh, I hurt. Who do I go to? Do I go to a chiropractor? You know? Um, okay. So great question. I guess I'll start with this. Um, the chiropractic is wonderful when you're in pain because it helps to reduce that pain and get you moving again, get you feeling more normal so you can function um, because life's super busy and most mm -hmm. of us can't stop. And in fact, the research says stopping is not good for you anyway. So that being said, um, chiropractic's great with that. Um, I think I lost my train of thought. That uh, bring me back to your question. Yeah, yeah. So chiropractor is great for pain, but should they also, even if they don't have pain? Yeah, you know, going? so when I see my patients, when, oftentimes pain brings them in, right? Um, and and right. My, my dad was actually the business person for the most part, my mom too, but my, my parents both being chiropractors and they, they, they love the business side of it. And, and they were really good at um, acknowledging that when a patient's in pain, you have their full attention. It's mm -hmm. your only opportunity to educate them on what's going on. Um, give them all the advice that you can in that moment or in those couple of visits, because as soon as the pain goes away, what happens? You go back to your normal activities because you think the pain's gone away, so I'm better. And right. that's, that's never the case. It's never, yeah. <laughs> ne never, never the case. It's never the case. It's literally never the case. Learn that the hard way. <laughs> to the point of where, like I tell people, if you're icing due to swelling and it's reducing the swelling and making you more functional and taking your pain away, 
then it's one week after you have no visible swelling. That means all the wrinkles in your skin, no puffiness, and generally that comes with no pain either. So that means one week after all of that. Why? Because things are still being remodeled and being retested and being influenced by you jumping up the little side curb just before you go into the grocery store. So um, that remodeling process, in fact, takes up to two years. And then if you injure yourself in the middle of that two-year process, you just you kind of start over again for the most part. Wow. So in that sense, is it good to come when you're not in pain? Yeah, because chances are we're going to find something that you could work on, that you could make. Always. Right. So, um, for example, my 98-year-old guy, um, he, he's awesome. Um, I asked him if he was still hiking, and he laughed at me, and he said he can't do those things anymore, but he's still walking. And um, he's still he's going to his son's house to get his bikes out. They have him winterized, so he's going to get his bike out. He's like, if I can still ride a bike. And so I threatened him to put some training wheels on. He thought that was hilarious, but right. He's all about it. He, he there's nothing that's going to stop him, but Beautiful. he's smart enough to come. He didn't have any symptoms. He came in because he knows his body needs to be worked on because there's things that he can't feel. He can't evaluate and, and I'll spread that to even one more depth. So everything that I've talked about with you this entire time, all my knowledge from all my years of teaching anatomy as an undergrad, as a postgrad, so both chiropractic college and at Colorado State University, yeah. all my wisdom with my uh, extended extra schooling, after school stuff, and, and my additional degrees of, of medical evaluation, just everything. When I think I know what's wrong, ah, that's that's the one. <laughs> I go to my chiropractor, which is, happens to be my wife. Convenient, I know. <laughs> Beautiful. She, when she does what she does, it's rarely, if ever, what I thought she was going to fix. I'm like, oh, that's the one. And then she corrects something here and then maybe something here. And I'm like, oh, that was great. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, and I check my range of motion, totally normal. Was this a problem? No. Well, I need an associate with it. But was it the thing screaming at me, finally getting my attention? Yeah, because I missed that I wasn't able to turn my head. I missed that, 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 that. And right. finally, I got screamed at. And when I got screamed at, I woke up. Uh, what? And I did something about it. So sometimes we're just dumb humans and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but we are trainable. So um, if you don't know what you need, find someone that you trust. Yeah. Uh, don't necessarily allow someone to set you on a treatment plan, but allow yourself to be educated so that you can be on a treatment plan if you need one, or you can come in when you know you need. So um, my younger guy, my 91 year old, um, he was doing some spring cleanup. So he'd been raking and, and, and all weekend. He'd been cleaning up his yard and raking and getting ready to turn on his sprinklers and that kind of stuff. And so his shoulders and neck were all tight. And I asked him if he switched hands and he said, no. And um, I asked him if he would do that. And he said, no. And I said, <laughs> and he said Straight I don't need to, I'm old enough. And I said, well, do you want to rake the yard next year? And he's like, well, yeah. And I said, well, 
you know, if you keep using the right side, maybe your left side forgets how to work. And then throughout the year, you come back to do it and your right side has been working the whole year and might not want to work for you on this one. And he's like, oh, fine, I'll do your stupid <laughs> Hilarious to hear an older person talk about still doing exercise and how they can still be symmetrical and seeing, yes, the benefit of it. And no, they didn't really have any symptom, but they don't want to have the symptom either. So they're willing to do something preventative about it. That's like um, I stretch, I take some nutrition and it's a basic multivitamin, a multimineral. Um, I do some basic stretching. I do some basic foam rolling. Um, I use a hot tub. I use infrared light. I use cold laser. I get adjusted. I have massage. I utilize acupuncture. I use herbs, I use homeopathics, I play an instrument, I mantra chants, I right, so do take care of your everything body. that I know how, because I've learned those things are beneficial for me. But you know what doesn't work great for me? Ice works good if I have a headache and a little bit of swelling. But for about 10 minutes after that, my body doesn't like it. I love mm. heat though. Heat's fantastic. And some people are like that. So if I tell them to use ice and they roll their eyes at me, we have a discussion about that because I don't want to keep telling them to use something that they're going to reject and not want. We got to engage them into, okay, I need you to move more. So I need you to use a therapy that allows you to do that, whether it's reduce the inflammation or warm up the muscle, one or the other is going to help you. And so where do you want to start? And for everyone, they have a process. So my job is to kind of, I guess I'm a coach. I guess I coach you through those things. I don't just adjust you, right? I coach you through your lifestyle and your habits, um, hopefully to help you be better at those things and just be cognizant of what you're choosing to do. Because we all have a lot of default programs that we allow ourselves to do. Right now, I have a bit of cotton mouth. And my default program was I didn't grab my water. I'm really bad at drinking water when I'm having conversations. And so instead... I allow myself to go long periods of time without drinking water because I don't like to do this on camera. It's goofy. I know. <laughs> I'm working on that. So that's part of my habit, part of my health habit as well as my other habits, right? So we we all have these things that we can kind of make just a little bit better. And, and, and if you can't recognize that in yourself, just like, even though I feel a little bit of soreness, I can't recognize what I truly need. I need to right. rely on someone else every once in a while. And and, and it may not be because of pain. Remember, it might be because of uh, function or just because you love feeling good. And when you get off the table, you feel fantastic. And yeah, you like that. I don't, I don't know. I can preach that. So definitely, if you, if anyone is in the Colorado area or even near or can fly, because I fly in from San Diego, yeah. <laughs> definitely go to Dr. B in Fort Collins, Colorado. He's amazing. And obviously a teacher at heart, which, which I love, which helps me learn my body more and take care of my body more. So I would love to have you back on the next podcast. Would love to. Would love Yay. to. Yay. Thank you so much. And if you're not a member, this is your chance to join so you can stay after. And obviously, he's an educator. So asking your QA. I think I'm going to wrap it up here, even though I could ask you so many more questions. Well, that sounds great. We'll write it down. Maybe we can do a live session sometime and give other people a chance to ask questions too. Perfect. Let's do it. Well, thank All you. Right, thank you so much, Dr. B. And thank you to everyone. 
on the podcast, every one of our members. Don't forget to follow us at BU Movement and follow us on our website, BUMVMT. I can't wait to see you on our next podcast. And Dr. B, I can't wait to see you on the next live. Thank you again for coming. Sounds good. I look forward to seeing you. Bye, everyone. Awesome. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.